Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing uh, guitar culture nonsense podcast. <laughs> we're, the, uh, we're the Coors of guitar podcasts. We're the Costco pizza of guitar. We're definitely not the Papa John's of guitar podcasts. No. Papa John sucks, and we're okay sometimes. Apparently Papa John's is okay in the UK. Papa John's is easily the worst delivery never, pizza in the United States. I never thought they were awful, but I've never been like, yeah, I got to get Papa John's. I thought I never had like, oh, gosh, this is a terrible pizza experience from Papa John's. But I've never been like, oh, man, I can't wait until I get to have this again. I like their garlic butter. I like that they come with a pepper. I like pepper. to slather their garlic butter all over my body. <laughs> I'm not even done with this yet. I'm already saying weird stuff. Do you have anything new, Steve? It's yeah. our first episode, and we're already slop- starting um, sloppy tonight. I bought a pedal. You bought a pedal? From. What's that like? Spruce Effects. <laughs> Hashtag demo guy brag. Demo guy brag. Um, it's the Mount Hood fuzz from Spruce Effects. This is the Get Offset podcast uh signature pedal you should go listen to the get offset podcast it's fun uh you know friend of the show emily harris runs it who else is on the show i'm sorry uh, andrew renard That's from right. uh from uh fox cairo uh ex- I don't, accessories gear i don't know he makes pedal toppers and some other stuff it's always, really it's like really forget. good artsy stuff it's like laser yeah. cut pedal toppers yeah. i just don't really know a lot about it i always forget his name i'm sorry Hater, I know. So, how do you like it? I, I, um, I mean, we were playing around with it yeah, before we started it's recording. Cool. I just we posted a video on on the Instagram. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's basically a three knob muff or a three bandy Q muff, the germanium boost. Um, one of these positions is LED. The other position is not LED. Um, Let me see it real quick. Yeah, it has some interesting it, uh, controls in here. It's got a presence knob, which is really interesting. Yeah. And then that boost uh, really adds – the boost is before the fuzz, and it adds uh, a bit of an edge to the yeah. game. It's cool. Yeah. It's pretty versatile. It's like – I mean, it's a muff, so it can get pretty wooly, but you can also dial in some like really cool yeah. – uh, just like I mean, rock I, distortion sounds. I only messed around with it for a couple minutes, and I, I got into a wide variety of sounds from it. So pretty yeah. cool. I don't know what the whole arrangement is over there. Do you, you're the one who bought it. Do you know what's going on? With a uh, get offset and spruce. Um, well, this guy on, on right here, this is what Andrew looks like. Uh huh. And this woman over here, you can tell it's a woman because it's a long hair. It's a long hair. Um, and that's Emily. Right. That's Andrew and Emily. But like, what are they? Uh, Mount Hood is a mountain. Are they in what, the hood? What they did? They just uh, word homies commission like a custom pedal. Is that all? This I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay. But there's only like ten of these apparently Whoa. made. And you got one. Uh, yeah, I have one. Um, so Congrats. very cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna throw it on a board with just like I'm I'm putting. I finally put my regular guitar pedal board back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna put eventually put together a second board that's just gonna be like vaguely bass but also just like maybe like every fuzz that i own that's not on my regular board which is i think is only two um and just some other stuff it's like it's it's gonna be a board that has pedals on it that like aren't everyday usage for me for for largely for practicality reasons um but would be like things where i'm like i want to do something a little more 
interesting. That's my thought. Why is there a fly in here? I don't know. It's starting to turn to spring in San Diego. I don't know if you've noticed it's that. It's going to rain tomorrow, Ryan, and that means it's winter again. Only if it's cold. All the trees are starting to bud and flower, Steve. It's that time of year again. Spring is springing. It's the most. Spring is about to get sprung. What's new with you, Ryan? Uh, the uh, I finally ended the contest for the uh, for the Doctor Scientist atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, if you're listening, you won because uh, your comment, your uh, your suggestion for the catch for the catchphrase. I keep messing up what it's called. The catchphrase submission, uh, which is "Stay grounded." Mm-hmm. I p- picked it as the winner. So, Jim. If you're the Jim who who wrote "Stay Grounded" as the catchphrase submission, write me and give me your mailing address so I can send you this pedal. He hasn't claimed his prize yet, and I actually uh, I really like that catchphrase. I'm going to use it. I'm hoping to abuse it enough that it becomes recognizable and I can put it on shirts and sell it to people Stay like you. Grounded, like you. I basically want to be unless you have like a hum in your circuit, and then maybe you need to get lifted. I basically want to be uh, Philip McKnight with his uh, uh, No Your Tone shirts. I want to have my own shirt that I can That brand. should have been your catchphrase. No, comma, your, your tone. Your tone. No, no your tone. Your tone. <laughs> and make a little stick figure with the guy pointing at another person. No, no this your is your tone. tone. All right. <laughs> I, sometimes when I look at that. That's pretty dumb. Look at his dumb little graphic. Not dumb, but. You'll understand what I'm getting at when I say this. When I look at his graphic for his shirt and his sticker and stuff, the, the know your tone thing, I get a little angry because I used to work in an industry where I made those designs over right. and over again. I made like the stick, the, the stick figure t-shirts with like captions underneath. And them he's and probably jokes. sold way more of those than you, any of your designs ever. No, sold. there's no possible way. There's no possible way he's outsold me. He's made, <laughs> he's made way more money. But like those shirts would get sold in like two hundred fifty thousand runs. Okay, but Ryan, that just means that stores bought two hundred fifty thousand of them at a time. It doesn't mean those stores actually sold them. And they kept ordering them. That's because they were a great tax write off when they sent the entire <laughs> shipment to Africa. Phil McKnight sells stick figure shirts from his YouTube channel. I sold stick figure shirts through Macy's, Sears. Kohl's, Kohl's, you know all these department stores that are. Ryan, you put you put those companies out of business. I put Mervin's out of business, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the episode. Let's yeah. not waste any more stupid yeah. time. This first out is sent by Zach Royals. Uh, this is a Casio Fujigen EG5 1984 dark red guitar with cassette player. Five hundred eighty dollars plus ninety five dollars shipping. This is the sort of thing where. I mean, I have a reason I wanted to talk about this, but I'll, we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty sure. of it. You can first. play it. You can, you can listen to a cassette. You can even record you playing and play over it. Come on, it has built-in overdrive. Really? Yeah, it's Dang. got to, right? You can change speed of tape playing, and it, and also, it's a really nice guitar, not a plastic toy. Sick. Insane. It does look like it's made out of plastic, though. Is it, it's yeah. got to be made out of plastic. Uh, we can provide you a video with instrument. Ask for... In, in, Ugh, ask for any info or pictures. Where's this shipping out of? I don't Doesn't know. Say, but ninety five dollars worldwide, I guess. I kind of want this. It's ninety five dollars. No, it's eight hundred and oh, screw that. Five hundred and eighty dollars plus ninety five dollars. Five hundred eighty ninety five dollars shipping. So it's six fifty. Dude, it's got a bullet truss. 
I don't okay. Know, <laughs> the tuners look okay. Uh, home plate tuners. I don't know. What do you want to say about this? It's obviously plastic. It obviously takes mad D batteries. So that's that's the main thing I want to talk about. I I just recently had to buy a big pack of like D or C batteries for a a baby toy. Mm-hmm. And it's like twelve bucks. Yeah. To get a couple of them. It was ridiculous. This thing looks like it's got a huge compartment back there. How many batteries do you think this takes? I bet it's all double A's. I bet it takes like nine no, double A batteries. I bet it's four D batteries. Only four? That's a wide compartment back there. I think that's four. How many double A's did you say? Like nine. I think nine double A batteries takes up less space than also nine. But it's three, oh, three rows number. of three. That's what I'm seeing here, like in the spacing. Maybe. I think it takes nine double A's or it takes like six C batteries. You think it's a C battery? I don't know. But my point is like it's going to cost you like like 10 bucks every time you take this out and gig it. <laughs> every time you fire up that, that tape cassette, you're going to feel money flying out of your pocket. It does have a speaker in it. It will need more battery for that speaker. It's really got to drive that speaker. It doesn't take that much energy to drive a speaker, but like the motor in a cassette player, that chews up batteries. Do you did you ever have a cassette player? Yeah, like a long, long, like a Walkman or something ago. like that. Yeah, but I never ran like batteries and stuff. Oh, I guess I did. I don't know. So you just think like this is too much batteries. I just want to know how many batteries <laughs> is too much batteries. <laughs> I think it's kind of there's like a lot of information about this, but not how many batteries. But not how many batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like this guitar. I would play this. I'd play this at church. I wouldn't be using the tape function while I played it. Maybe I would. I could load some like pad sounds onto it or something. I found the service manual. <laughs> oh, you know what would be hilarious to have on the cassette. Uh huh. Okay. Just it requires like, seven point seven watts. Damn, dude. How many batteries? Six double A's. Damn. I that's was kind of close. That's way less than I would think. I was kind of close. Not very though. much. I feel like that's just not very much. It would be funny to use this as like, like a one man performer, like singer songwriter type thing. Mm-hmm. And the moment you stop a song, you press play on the cassette, and it's just like ridiculous applause. <laughs> and you just let it run until you're ready to start the next song. Right, and it's this right. hard click on and off. Just like you finish your quiet, kind of like emotion-filled song. Click. Ah! Ah! Everyone's so excited. And then you press stop and then you go into your next song. No, you got to do it like where it, there's a timed gap. Mm. So you hit, you just hit play at the beginning of your set. And you start your song, and then, like, as soon as you finish, the clapping stops. And as soon as it fades out, you start your next song. And uh, and then as soon as that song is done, so it's all just synced. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Are we done here? I hope so. <laughs> it feels like like all this theme just ran out of this ad. I kind of want. I kind of would wouldn't mind seeing more guitars made out of molded plastic like this. There's something kind of fun about it. There's more and more brand. Did you ever play a RKS Wave? No. Yeah, they used to have those down at Blue Guitar in Mission Valley. 
They're they are one of like those like carbon fiber or whatever guitars that people are making, and they're or like injection molded or whatever. They're plastic basically, ultra lightweight. Huh. Yeah, I mean, and it's like a it's a serious guitar, like yeah. But this this looks like it's made out of the same plastic, like a boombox is. Made right, out of. right. So you want more of that kind of plastic? Yeah, I want like this. Not cheap, like weird the plastic. was it uh, Aristides guitars, like that are also plastic, but right. they're like in, again injection molded, like. You just want I what cheap it's, plastic. I what it sounds cheap like. plastic I what guitar. It feels like. You want to live in a disposable world with cheap plastic guitars. I guess fake plastic guitars. They're real plastic guitars. Okay. That could be the episode title right there. Real plastic guitars. Really plastic guitars. I'm going to write it down. All right. You want to segue us into uh, the topic? No, I want to segue into into our first sponsored segment. Here we go. Uh, this episode is brought to you by D'Addario XL Strings. Um, regardless of what kind of tone you're looking for, whether it's ultra bright like the Pro Steel Pretty middle of the middle of the road tonally, the classic Diodario EXL nickel wound. If I say middle of the road. Middle of the road is not a knock. It just means like that's the string there, that everyone wants. If there ever was like a historical definition of an electric guitar string that anthropologists could put up in a museum and say this that is, is this, this string, is, the this is the electric guitar string the of the nickel wound string. end of the twentieth and beginning of the twenty first century. That's it right there. Yeah. If you need something really mellow, you go for those chromes. What? Yeah. These strings are made in the United States. Do you know where they're made, Ryan? They're made in New York. I know. It's pretty cool. So uh, head on over to Dario.com. Check out the link in the show notes or just go there. Tell me that we sent you. Put this in there. Dario.com. All right. This episode is also brought to you by Vibes. Vibes. They make earplugs. You know, um, if you ever have that ringing in your ear after you like play or you go to a show or whatever, uh-huh. you know when that you have that ringing, it means you damaged your ears, and yep. that damage is probably permanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the whole point of vibes is so when you're like old, when you're an old like us, um, we're you, dads. You can hear what your kids are saying to you. Somehow I feel like that's going to backfire. I feel like somebody out there is like, I don't want to listen. Well, the to my point kids. isn't isn't to hear what your kids are saying to you. It's to not hear this obnoxious, like irritating background noise when you're laying in bed at night. Yeah, Just this true. persistent, like uncomfortable ringing for the rest of your life. We're talking tinnitus. Yeah, you don't want tinnitus. Yeah, use be responsible when you're playing with your band when you're going to shows. Where's some dang good earplugs? Yeah, so these are Vibes High Fidelity earplugs. Uh, check out in the link, the the notes, the notes for the link. Wow. I'm wearing them right now. I'm sitting next to Steve. I'm, I'm listening to him talk, and I can hear Steve's voice perfectly. It's just yeah. quieter. Well, they have sound-enhancing filters, and what that means is they kind of like cut frequencies, but they don't cut e- like evenly. So what happens when you have like a foam, a classic foam earplug, is they cut all the highs, and so all you get is the lows through that you already get through your bones mm-hmm. and like lows get through that the bone earplug. Tone. Not in a good um, way. You but with want, these, you don't want that bone tone. But with these, you're going to get a more even frequency reduction and it's going to keep everything sounding really naturally, but just quieter so you can enjoy your hearing for a lot longer. Also, it doesn't look like you shoved a bunch of fish bait in your ears. <laughs> that is true. Stop shoving fish bait in your ears. Get some good earplugs like these vibes right yeah here. go check out discovervibes.com 
Also, isn't there like a, a 60 cycle? There hum is a 60 cycle hum, uh, use code. I think it's 60 cycle, uh, at checkout. We'll have to a get, link and stuff um, Was it 10%? 50, I think Something it's 10% like off and free shipping. Whoa, free shipping. That's a pretty good chunk. So there we go. Let's get back into the show, Steve. Yeah. Uh, we had this uh, topic sent in by somebody. I'll pull up the screen grab so we can find out who. Uh, but basically, the question is, will inexpensive Chinese guitars rise in value? Okay, it's from Matt Tobin. From Matt Tobin. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Just kidding. Where'd it go? Andrew Smith. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> will the inexpensive Chinese import stuff of today, guitars, pedals, etc., one day be its own collector's market like many Japanese imports have become. I think certain pedals could. I'm having trouble thinking of anyone specifically that would. But I think certain pedals could. Freakish Blues Alpha Drive. Actually, well, for what it's worth, like I realized the Freakish Blues Alpha Drive is a scam. Like it was right. like, what, just like a, it's re- a repainted uh, uh, Bayang or Joyo or it's something? The, um, shoot, I can't remember it all of a sudden. It's the OCD clone. Is that and, the Joyo Ultimate, Ultimate Drive? Yeah, Ultimate Drive, I think. Yeah, so um, I could see that becoming collectible because of like the no- notoriety of it, not because like the Joyo Ultimate Drive isn't going to become valuable. Well, here, here's my thought. Yeah, it's the ultimate drive. Um, I can't what, think of any guitars. You're, that you've, would. Got, you've got the this super affordable, like niche of pedals and guitars and maybe right. amps um, that everyone who's young is picking up because they're affordable. Everyone who's starting up now is picking up these uh-huh. things because they can order them two day ship on Amazon, twenty dollar pedal. Yeah. Why wouldn't they get it? And a lot of them sound just fine. Right. Where I are you think going that's with this? the making for nostalgia. I think you're going to see 40 years down the road, someone be like, man, I just really miss my ultimate drive. It's hard to find a working one now because, you know, they were they're made so made, poorly, made super cheap. And everyone who bought one, like just abused the crap out of them. So now it's like, now I have to search for an ultimate drive. You don't think that in 40 years, Someone will be making, still be making an OC, a cheap OCD clone that would be like, I think we're going to see good enough. We're, it's going to be like the fuzzes from the 60s, where it's like everything was just ripping off like the first couple fuzzes, but now you see clones of the ripoffs of those fuzzes. Okay. I think in, in 40 years, we could see uh, companies cloning. Uh, ultimate drives alongside also having a clone of the OCD and being like, Oh, this is more to ultimate drive specs. And this one's more to ultimate or to OCD specs. I don't know, man. I feel like that just sounds like a stretch. Like I have trouble visualizing that. I guess I thought about this topic more from the guitar side though. I don't see Chinese guitars, especially like the current ones having any value and the reason for that is give me some examples of chinese guitars epiphone okay are Um, you talking about like weird import stuff harley bent that's what i'm so that's my point is like like the the, the the non-branded stuff the the comparison here is is to like the japanese stuff whether that's like i guess there were certain like later japanese well one i'm thinking of like 
And these are also well, which era like, of Japanese are we comparing to? Are we comparing to well, the, Taisko? The, the cell, the or we doesn't the topic say like the inexpensive? Oh, talking about the inexpensive Chinese stuff, so I'm assuming like the in- inexpensive Japanese stuff of like the 60s. Okay, when it was like more like yeah, yeah like I didn't Taisko. Know, I didn't know if you were comparing to like 80s Japanese like Fender or something like that. Right. Um. I mean, I think. I mean, or even later, like, or or earlier than that, like Japanese, like early Ibanez, like uh, clone stuff. Even then, even then, I think you run into problems because because most of the known, uh, at least to me, uh, Chinese guitars are import brands. Are they're not importing brands? They're not Chinese brands. They're American brands, or they're. You know, uh, Japanese, like some Japanese brands, like LTD or whatever. A lot of times we assume that everything that's getting made over there is what we're seeing. Like China is exploding with bands and people playing music and people discovering guitar. I think China, as far as like the people who live there, are going to be the ones who determine whether there's a collector's market for Chinese branded guitars in the future because they're the ones coming up into a new music scene over there. They're the ones experiencing their own homegrown brands, whether they be copying American uh, products or not. Right. And the, you know, you're going to see decades down the road, people having nostalgia. I think nostalgia is, is the key component to this concept. I don't, I don't know and if I agree you, with you that. I don't think I agree with you that. You can't predict nostalgia. You're right. You can't predict nostalgia, but I, I think that, you to have to be extent. you have to be offering something interesting with that nostalgia. Nobody's I don't think people are going back and going like, "Oh man, I I want to I really want a 1976 Ibanez Strat copy because when they were a kid in the 70s, they had an Ibanez Strat copy." Well, I think they're like they want people. that because it's good. Like it's but a good the, guitar. The only reason anyone knows it's good is because people used to have it, and they tell you that it's good, right? And so what if there's I, good, but if I, there, those Ibanez guitars are also like available like worldwide. They, they were budget now. branded. So are Chinese. Guitars. They were then. What 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 Chinese? I like that's my that's what I'm saying. Like I can't think of a Chinese brand. Behringer. Behringer's not a Chinese brand. Behringer's a German brand. Also, their guitars are garbage. <laughs> Um, I'm uh, AliExpress. I don't know. AliExpress Wish, is a store. Wish, Wish dot, is a store. <laughs> no, but you mean like all this, all the, they've got to have their brands over there that people are familiar with and that they're buying. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm saying nobody is currently talking about them. So everything from here is speculative. It's beyond, That's what we're doing. it's beyond speculative. What do you think this is? It's been- beyond speculative. It's not just speculative. I can speculate. This is episode 264, Steve. You know what we do here. All we do is speculate. None I of can, this is, I none can, of this is correct I can information. speculate that because they're only making like 10 or 12 of these pink Spruce FX pedals, that in three months I could sell this for three times the price. That's, that's the reasonable. Truth, the truth comes out. That's a reasonable speculation. That's a little unreasonable. But to assume that a Chinese going to be the new clon that a Chinese brand exists that fifty year that currently exists uh-huh. that we just don't know about because it's loved by two billion people but somehow has not made it beyond the the gates of Chinese. If internet. they're doing good in China, why would they come here? 
Save a lot in shipping. I mean, that, that is true. That is save true. a lot in shipping. You think everyone in China knows every U.S. guitar brand or most of them? Any, anyways? Yeah, because they all have factories in China. <laughs> but then, like, I think as, as it is with a lot of import stuff, it's only as good. It can be as good as the uh, manufacturer orders it to be. I don't see any reason why China is can't be making good guitars or great guitars i think they probably are making great guitars right now yeah epiphone squire maybe somewhere down the road someone will be like you know what that that chinese epiphone i had was was really pretty great i don't think that's gonna lead to like here's here's so 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 there's two parts here so the the first part is in 40 years will people be like man i wish i had an i wish i had an epiphone like back in the day but the other part of that is that they're going to rise in value. That's the other assumption. Well, I'm, there's a collector's market for vintage Japanese oddball stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's debatable whether or not those things have risen in market That's true. with inflation. That's true. So it's, it's not whether or not they'll raise in value. It's more will they continue to be like window shop for, you know, will mm-hmm. people still be like, Oh, I, I want to find this specific one with a specific finish uh, with the original hardware. Well, And that's kind of where I think like, if there was like original ish designs or like things that are unique, then I would be more open to the idea. I'm not completely closed off to this idea, but I would be like, Oh yeah, I could seize like that. And to that point, like I do think like with the pedals, there might be something there. And some people point out like, yeah, those bear, like those plastic house Behringer's, they break all the time, but some of them like the, the people spend money to get those. There's a Behringer like VB two clone. That's like supposedly just as good as the boss vibrato. There's the one that's like the Behringer version of the slow gear that's supposed to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, will it ever? I mean, I've got the Super Fuzz up there, the which Super is, Fuzz, you know, a clone of the a Boss Fuzz that people pay big money for now. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. How, we're gonna. We could fight about this forever, but we don't know because we're not in the future. Well, I mean, every second that goes by, we are in the future. No, every, no, we're in the present at all times. We're in the present at all times, but we're, we're constantly to... traveling to the future. Yes, we are. We're traveling. To the and future. we're leaving the past. We're yes, leaving the past behind us. <laughs> Next ad. Should uh, we get out of this? No, Ryan. We have to up? do another sponsor spot. We don't have to. We get to. <laughs> I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> Steve is get, he's not leaving. Don't worry, we didn't just break up. He's getting another beer. Daddy's got to have another beer to get him through the episode. <laughs> All right, this episode's brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. Ryan's got a whole bunch of Chase Bliss Audio pedals I to wanted, pick from. I started over. to grab a Chase Bliss pedal, and I was like, I'm going to grab a bunch of Chase Bliss pedals. Look at all these pedals that I've got here. I got the Tonal Recall. I've got the Warp Final Hi-Fi. I've got the Dark World. Dual channel reverb. I've got the Gravitas. This is the first one that I ever got my hands on. Uh, yeah. The, the first time we ever met Joel, he handed this to us and was like, have fun. Yeah. We made a video. I was in it. I was in that video. You were in that video. I we, had, should, we should post a link I got to that. blood splattered all over me. It wasn't blood. It was chocolate syrup. Don't ruin it. But 
I keep every single Chaseless pedal I get my hands on because they're just so dang special. Every single one of them is so fantastic. Like, I sell a lot of stuff because I can't keep it all. I keep all my Chase Bliss stuff. That says something. Yeah. Do you have any uh, other pitches you want to add to this sponsor? No, it's a Chase Bliss Audio Analog Heart Digital Brain. Yes, you <laughs> got it right. Something like that. Digital Brain Analog Heart. <sighs> Dude, it's been a long week. Not long enough. All right. This episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. I got cables right here. Now that we do video, it's fun to be like, hey, here's the product. Oh, hey, speaking of those oh, we got cables, those coming, cables. Out of the, coming out of the back of our mics, too. Yeah. Um, every week, Sinusoid does Tech Tuesday, which is uh, where they take a combination of Tech Flex, which is this plastic Cody stuff here, and a cable, and they throw it up as kind of a preset combination, non-customizable. I mean, you customize the length, and I don't think anything else, and you get it for like an extra special price. Um, you know which one they they maybe they've done already, but I think would look really cool is a uh, purple wrap on white. Hmm, it'd be kind of violety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be cool, Steve. That sounds very cool. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Anyway, I uh, really like TechFlex stuff. Uh, I was amazed the other day because I had one of these cables down on the floor, wrapped around the garage here, wrapped around table legs and mic stands and light stands and stuff like that. And I was like, I wonder if I can get this cable back right now so I can wrap it up. And I just gently pulled on it, and it slid through all the obstructions in the room. Oh, yeah? And came all the way back to me without me having to pick up stands or move anything. Nice. The TechFlex just slides along everything. It's so great. It's so convenient. Sinusoid Pro Auto Couture. They make cables. And smiles. All right, let's get back to this. (laughs) That was a weird little awkward pause at the end there. We were both deep in thought about Sinusoid, apparently. This next ad was sent by uh, Tori Oxner. This is a fun one. They used to have reverb tanks in cars. My coworker just told me he used to steal reverb units out of cars when he was a kid. I was blown away. I'd only ever heard of reverb tanks for guitar amps. Were any of you around when they used to do this? I would love to hear some old stories about these. Excuse me. So apparently... Um, I'm surprised I didn't know about this. Yeah. Uh, here's one, and it says, This new dimension in musical reproduction will excite and enthuse the most casual listener and provide the ultimate listening pleasure to the music lover. The tone reverberator produces concert hall effect by electronic means. A portion of the sound is heard directly from the front speaker. Another portion is routed through the reverberator, where it is delayed, reverberated, and amplified through the rear seat speaker. And it's got a little knob or switchy thing, so you can I like decide how much little- you're going to... Put, I like that little radio reverb knob. Yeah, you basically just uh, install this into your car radio. And uh, I want to know what it sounds like. I I bet if we tracked down like a classic car club, we could find someone locally who has oh, yeah. one of these yeah. set up. So apparently uh, these were put in because back in the day, everything was on AM radio. Uh-huh. So they were used literally to like add a reverb effect to like warm it up. And give you like a more like live rate, like not radio, but like a live music listening experience. Like that's the idea. I lose you there, man. Yeah, I'm just looking at these looking pictures. at pictures of foam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the springs in the picture. I mean, they look like the springs that would be. I mean, they look a little, they're coiled a little bit tighter, but they look about the dimensions that the springs would be in yeah. like an amp 
spring reverb. Yeah. I really wonder what this would sound like, like if you could repurpose it as an effect in your guitar I mean, signal. based on the size of this unit to the switch, this is basically just like a probably a short tail spring. Yeah, it's not big. Um, and it, it's designed to just probably mount underneath your like you said, it's, dash just, it's just behind f- your radio. It's to fill out that bright, crispy AM radio yeah. signal a little bit. I want, yeah, maybe it does. It wouldn't do like a ridiculous, like long spring sound or something like that. It probably wouldn't drip the way you know that I. <laughs> you would turn it all the way up. You. Yeah. Every every once in a while, you're driving along, and oh, dude, if you're driving along and you're like, it starts getting bumpy. <laughs> I just got the crash. But that's why you have a switch up front so you could turn it on and off. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's pro- it probably didn't work all that fantastic. It's you, probably one of those things is like just another gadget to sell to people who want to add stuff. You know, to their there's car. probably some band out there that we haven't heard of who like their guitarist is like, yeah, I've been trying to do a lot of different things, and like I just started running my guitar through this old radio reverb unit. It's so cool. Well, if it's it made, sounds like a very like local H thing. Yeah, to do. if it's if it's or like a Queens of the Stone Age sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, if it's desired effect is to like smooth out like crispy AM radio, like it'd probably be great after like a really bright fuzz or something like mm. that. You know, smooth out. You know, some sort of dirty signal. Yeah. It probably sound really good. Man, I'm going to have to figure out how much these things cost. See if I can get one cheap. Well, the trick there is to get one that works. Probably. probably. And it sounds like the unit, like here's the thing. Another part of it, it has like a built-in speaker to it, or you attach it to the back speaker of the car that's already in there. So um, that's what that, I couldn't figure out. In that one description, it's saying that you would... Um, attach it to your You speaker. would attach it to your speaker. So basically you would run... You have your radio and you have your your output that goes to your front speakers and then you would take this and put the other it output in between and your back speaker and the exactly, output. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that's why there's a long cable here for the control because the control goes all the way up to your yep. dash. Oh, it's yeah, it's totally a thing you add into your car because look at this little clamp. You can put, oh, yeah. put your screws through there. You know, just just put some screws into your dashboard mm-hmm. underneath your dash no there, big so deal. you could adjust this thing. So cool. It's it's always fun to like find out about something new. I mean, we've done this show for two hundred yeah. something, epi- like nearly three hundred episodes. According like, to Apple, two hundred and twenty three episodes, and t- according 323? to three hundred and twenty three, two hundred and thirty three. Oh, I see. Because they got that number anyway. Whatever. That's a whole debacle. <sighs> yeah. In the podcast world. Whatever. Apple um, podcasts. They're crazy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ready to hit this next topic? Of course I am. Uh, this topic was sent in by Darren Schmays. He says, is it worth subscribing for a year just to get 10% off of something high end? So this is uh, save 25% on Fender Play when you subscribe to an annual plan. Plus, all annual members get 10% off Fender gear for a year. Sign up now. <laughs> so much uh, force in your voice there, Steve. No, Sign we're not right even sponsored by Fender. Now. I'd love to be sponsored by Fender. Would you though? I would. Okay. Fender, hit us up. I've tried to talk to brands like that at NAM and stuff, and you never nothing ever comes of it. But uh, one day they'll realize the value of advertising through podcasts. And debatable. When a bigger podcast comes around. <laughs> How could a podcast possibly be bigger than our own, though? Right? 
The, are, you, are you still talking? We're the best podcast as far as guitar. Stuff Anyways, uh, so this is. Uh, what do you think about this? Is this think, a good deal? This has got to be. A what good is deal. what is Fender Play? That's the lessons, right? Yeah, it's like their lessons thing that they're pushing. They put a sticker on all their new guitars. Uh, I've been meaning to like do the free trial to check it out to see like if it's any good or anything like that because mm-hmm. I got to try out guitar tricks. Oh yeah, uh, a while back and it was fun. I, I wonder how it compares to that. Um, but yeah, it seems like if you've got a big ticket like purchase in mind mm-hmm. through Fender, like you want to buy like a great big like Vibrolux or something or a couple American guitars, a custom shop or something like that. You could, you know what, you could uh, kind of clean up here. You could buy particular made in Mexico models and co- still come out ahead. Yeah, you could. 700, I mean, if you've 700, got a bunch... 700, at 750 cents per month, you would pay um, 90,000 cents per year. I can't do that anymore. That's I can't add those zeros. <laughs> Let's up. just do dollars. Yeah, so the, the plan is 750 a month. So you'd pay like $90 a year. Right, ninety dollars a year. You get ten percent off. So if you buy something that's worth more than nine hundred dollars, yeah, you're in the black with this deal. Exactly. So like a few years ago, if this plan existed and you knew you were going to buy a Fender Road Worn whatever, you would come out ahead because those were nine ninety nine, and uh, you would have saved ten percent of that. So you'd saved uh, nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Ninety. Sorry, you'd save ninety nine dollars and ninety cents. And this is this is off of their direct sales through their site. It says here. Ten percent off Fender guitars, amps, and gear. Yeah. Do you think it? Do you think there's any asterisks there, like selected guitars and amps, or do you think? I it's, don't know. Like you don't. That, that's one of the reasons I need to get. If in If you there were and to go in and buy like a like a four thousand dollar Fender Mary Kay custom shop Stratocaster, would you just get four hundred dollars off? I mean, I would think you probably just I'd do. Hope so right? you'd be like, "Hey, listen, I'm a Fender Play member." Yeah. It's like it's like being a Costco member. You get to push people around a little bit. Well, hey, t- hey, I'm a member here. I'm I want ten percent off. I want my return on my investment, please. For I am a member. Here's my membership card. Well, I'm sure as long as they're building more than ten percent into their overhead, they're font coming out like ahead, right? Well, their their pr- gamble on this is that. Most you, of the people who are doing this are probably going to be student level anyway, so they're, they're not going to buy anything. They're not going to buy $900 worth a year. And if they do, this is the sort of thing they'll sign up for this and then forget they had it for five years. <laughs> like, hey, what's this charge that happens every month for $750? Yeah. Fender Play? Is that like Netflix or Hulu? And then they look into it like, oh, yeah, I tried to learn guitar six years ago. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I've been, I feel I've like, been playing $90, $90 a year to this service. I feel like, uh, I think definitely if you're looking to get into lessons. And I wonder why Fender doesn't sponsor us. And trashed uh, on their whole concept. Yeah. If you're looking to get into lessons, did you know we're selling a product for them, actually? <laughs> Go get Fender Play, guys. Um, oh, I'm yeah. If you're looking to get into lessons and you were thinking about like purchasing a Fender guitar in the near future or amp or pedals, they just came out with that whole new lineup of Fender pedals. Yeah. Um, which I'm still waiting on mine. Did you uh, order one? No, I won one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which Fender. one did you win? I don't know. It's still a mystery, huh? Yeah. Don't we have a contact at Fender now? I need to hit them up and be like, I want a yeah, raffle. I'm still like Figuring that out. I don't, I wonder who they're going to listen to this episode and they're not going to respond to you. 
<laughs> you never know. They might listen to us and be like, yeah, we got to work with these guys. This They're is insane. Top quality insane show here. Anyway, um, it, it's a, it's it can be a good deal. I think for the person who who is looking to grift, not necessarily grift, but like get like the best deal they can on that top dollar guitar or amp that they've had their eye on for a long time. They look at this and it's going to be the thing that's going to push them over the edge. Cause they're like, oh, I'm going to get 10% off. Uh, and maybe I can try out the thing. I'll try out the lessons I don't thing. think the grift works here because anyone who's trying to do this to grift is just going to wait for that sick 10% off guitar center coupon to roll in. Yeah. That's the thing too. You're waiting for, you're, you're competing against like sales that happen with retailers. Yeah. But then this lets you just get in there and get what you want right when you want it. Yep. Instead of like, if you wait till there's a guitar center coupon, they might not have exactly what you want when you want it. That's true. Can they, they could order it though, right? I mean, this, it introduced this, this, 10% off for the Fender Play thing, it introduces an element of temptation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here talking about it at all means that they've got something here. That's yeah, all, no, that's I all think I'm saying. I think it's an interesting concept. Excuse me. Um, I think, again, like if you're into lessons, I think the draw here is more that when you do an annual plan... Uh, so I guess that would be you'd also be paying the ninety bucks up front, or just um, committing, or maybe there's like a no, fee I, to pull out of it. I bet you have to pay ninety percent or ninety dollars up front, hmm. hence annual subscription. Um, and I, yeah, there probably is a thing where like they probably end up working out way ahead because people because they're paying up front. They're never really reminded like, oh, yeah, I got to buy $900 worth of Fender stuff. And again, I think, you know, Fender's not dumb. They're going to work their overheads into this whole thing. They're they're going to come out ahead, but this is like a nice perk. If, yeah. Especially it's like if it's combining two things that a lot of people are probably into. And it's probably working the opposite direction a lot more where people are seeing this and they're like, oh, man, I really did think I, wa- I did want to take up the base this year. So, uh you know, like I, I'm going to spend 600 bucks on a brand new jazz bass. And I guess if I, you know, went ahead and did this, like I'd basically be getting these lessons for like 30 bucks. Also Fender's been doing a great job at courting new players Yeah, in the past year or so of their marketing. They're really trying to get the new player onto their brand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you th- and so many people are shopping online now you think about the way that like in-store salespeople have always tried to hard sell people like, oh, yeah, you could get this beginner's thing. But if you want to have something you can really grow into, you got to get this you know, $800 guitar here. Right. This sort of deal kind of softens that concept in people's heads where they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can afford a Squire right now. Mm-hmm. But then what if I want to have something that's more substantial in the future. Right. You know, and like, they look at this, like, you know, I could get a year into this. And if I've grown, then it helps me get, you know, some gear that's maybe more advanced or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's an abstract concept, but I could see it working on, uh, you know, someone's concerns when they're first picking up an instrument. Sure. There's probably a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's the end of actually it's the beginning of March now, but probably a lot of people who, would buy like a Squire pack and the lessons now, and then in nine months are going to buy uh, 
like a, a Mexican, yeah. like a Fender Standard, or maybe they don't. I don't think they have the modern player line anymore. But whatever that step down, or maybe like a Squire Classic Five. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe just a get a little nicer than the starter pack. Maybe we'll start out with like a, a little solid state practice amp and then be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to get myself a tube amp. You yeah. know, blues junior, blues junior, pro junior. Yeah. Or blues senior, blues senior. Yeah. Is your blues senior blues grandpa, blues grandpa. <laughs> Do blues juniors like, like, can you change their, their, uh, their title as they get older? Yeah. Like actually, if you get a vintage blues junior, really does it dumb. become a blue senior? It's actually really dumb. So I think Fender just rolled out like version four of like all of their of all of that hot rod line. So it's Pro Junior, uh, Blues Junior, Hot Rod Deluxe, Hot Rod Deville. All ver- I think just version four. I say just rolled out like within the last year or two. Uh-huh. And I was just it dawned on me how dumb that there's a Fender Blues Junior four. Like so the Fender now granted there was never a Fender Blues. Well, I mean, the Blues Deluxe, Blues DeVille. Right. And Blues Junior. And then the Blues Junior 2. And then the Blues Junior th- the 3rd. Right. So it's like... They're just sequels, Steve. Ju- it's Blues a franchise. Ju- Blues, Blues Junior the 4th. It's a Blues Junior franchise, Steve. Just the thing I was We're all about. following these characters. We all want to see how this story arc continues. Um, they've, they've got to collect all the magic tubes so that they can destroy uh, the dragon. I don't know. <laughs> are they plastic tubes? No. Because those are just called straws. They're not plastic tubes. Are right, you want to hit this last ad? Yeah. Or you want to do some it. housekeeping? Um, let's hit the ad and then All you right. Do this last ad was sent by Scott Hamilton. Says, I've been helping a buddy look for a new board. Thought I found a great deal until I zoomed into the photo. So you didn't see the problem. I with did this not photo. see the problem in this photo. I just I stared saw at it. I actually right thought away. I actually thought the problem with this photo was that it had three, like the two far away strips of Velcro went over the edge. Went to the edge, and the one in the front did not go to the edge. I mean, to me, little, that's problematic. That's a little tacky. Isn't it's not a great look? Like, yeah, pick one. Yeah. You know, trim it or don't like leave it, take it to the edge or don't. And you know, it's uneven on the other side of that board too. Oh yeah. Take it to the limit one more time. The real problem here, Steve, is that this monster of a person who ever did this is right. lunatic. This in this insane person put the hook side on the board. That's because it's easier to va- vacuum. Everyone should be doing this. No. Makes it so much easier to keep your board clean. No. I'm it's a, a true story. It, it, <laughs> no, you want the you want the loop on the board. That stuff's too hard to keep clean. It's not any You're gonna harder get cat to hair keep in clean. That. You're gonna get cat hair in the loops too. Oh yeah, that's true. It, it all gets like the same amount of linty and dirty. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Yeah, are you really gonna make a case that it no. should be reversed? No, I always put. Uh, loops, I don't want to do a show with you anymore. I always put loop down. If you're a lunatic who puts who puts uh, hooks down on the board, no, I put loop down. You know, the, it's like the it's, real reason to put loop down is because then your hook, like you can put that pedal on like any carpeted circuit, circuit, circuit on any carpeted surface, and it's gonna like hook into that. Right, if you've got the hook underneath the pedal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it in here all the time. I've got this cheap carpet on the floor, 
And it's like, uh, if I need to put Hashtag together... Hashtag demo guy brag. I got this cheap carpet on the floor. No I do this guys. all the time. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Do it uh, all the time. It was like, yeah. I need to like throw a couple pedals together on the floor to go after a pedal that I'm demoing. Yeah. And they all just stay in one place because I've got hook Velcro mm-hmm. underneath all my pedals. Because you're not a psychopath. Because I'm not a psychopath. Well, I mean debatable, but... I'm not, you know, I'm not certifiable, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I can't think of a good reason to reverse that. And also, like... The vast majority of people, I mean, this is the main reason to do it one way versus the other. Uh-huh. The vast majority of people do it one way. So when you resell stuff, we're all on the same page here. Yep. We all have our Velcro ready to go. If I sell you one of my pedals, you can throw it on your board because you you set everything up the same way as I do. It's smart. You don't have to rip Velcro off the back of things and cut new Velcro and waste, uh, you know, the precious resource that is the uh, the the bark of the Velcro tree. Bark of the Velcro tree. Yeah, we're deforesting these Velcro tree forests at an alarming rate, and these people, these these jerks, these assholes. Oh wow! Are wasting Velcro bark by putting the wrong stuff down. You're out of control. <laughs> I'm out of control. These people. These people. I just it it shouldn't make me as angry as it does, but I'm pissed off looking at this. They wasted a lot of Velcro bark here. I mean, I think it's... Who cares as a person who's going to buy it and has going to have to Would you buy this? Like, would you buy this if it was a good price? If it was a good deal, I would. But then I'd know that I'd be sitting there with a pair of pliers, like, ripping at the... A pair of pliers? That Velcro gets stuck on there. I had to pull Velcro (sighs) off of the... um, Where is it? Oh. Off this outlaw board that I have here that I used at NAM, I put down this Velcro, and then the person I was working with was like, no, take off the Velcro. It'll look bad in video. So I had to pull this off like an hour after I put it down, and I thought I was going to pull a muscle pulling the stuff off. Once the glue is on there, it is stuck. Should have used uh, – you got to use a little starter. You got to use a little goo gone on one edge to get it off. I got the edge up, but then like once you start ripping, like it is on there. It's a pain in the butt to redo this stuff, and also if you're putting Velcro that needs to get removed off the bottom on the bottom of pedals, and you say you've got a Boss pedal, like a vintage Boss, it is pedal, hard to pull Velcro. If you're gonna pull, you the, pull the Velcro pull off of paint. that. You're gonna pull the sticker off, and yeah. you pull off a little bit that says "Made in Japan." Now you've devalued your your freaking uh, metal worth zone. List. Your metal zone's worth less now. Oh, yeah. metal zones were all Taiwan, right? I think so. The uh, the heavy metal. Heavy metal. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, I need to pull the song up so we can get out of here. It's awful that I know that all metal zones were made in one. <laughs> That's not knowledge I want to have in my well, head. Well, it's knowledge you have, dude. Yeah. So. Can't get rid of it now unless I get in a bad accident. That could be arranged. Wipe my Dude, I saw that. Clean. Okay, so I saw that place where that guy ran into your neighbor's house. It doesn't even make sense. That guy was drunk. He wasn't on his phone. He was drunk. He wasn't acting drunk, but the way he crashed it. Probably sobered him up pretty quick if he was drunk. Look, I drive down your street texting people all the time. I have never hit a house. <laughs> so the other the other night I was sitting there watching TV at like 11 o'clock at night. I hear this explosion outside. It's like, well, I better go check on what it is. And this dude was driving down the street. Uh, apparently, he was playing with his phone or his phone fell off his dash and he went to grab it. And got out of control and crashed through the uh, neighbor's like front um, like wall, like they have this cement like decorative retaining wall thing. 
yeah around their yard and apparently he totaled a mustang in the process yeah, well the, the mustang was right in front of where he impacted the wall and so he clipped the, the front edge of the mustang as he was jumping the sidewalk oh, into the wall and pushed the mustang back like 12 feet or something like that like yeah so so when i saw it because I, I i mean i'm over here like every other week sure i thought the guy was coming the way that I come in. No. Like he, I was flipping your neighbor's houses. So I thought he was coming the way I come in no, and just jump the sidewalk. But this dude went over from his lane across another lane up on a sidewalk through your neighbor's wall. That's not a dropped phone, dude. That's like, I'm trying to Mista- make, make killing my girlfriend look like an accident. Mistakes happen real quick. People <sighs> rip around. That, that guy was probably, fast I mean, that was probably the other thing is going way too fast. A couple of years ago, Someone just down the street, a couple of houses down the other direction, uh, they didn't see the stop sign coming up. And it's like a T-bone intersection there. Yeah. Middle of the night, ran the stop sign, didn't see that he was going to have to turn. was probably drunk. Uh, crashed into a power box as he was like trying to skid, turn, and not hit the power box. Yeah. Uh, completely wrecked the front of his car, but was able to back up off of it and drove away hit and run this power box oh basically the sound it was so loud it woke up the whole neighborhood we all were all out there at two o'clock uh-huh. in the morning the power box uh disconnected his front bumper leaving his uh, license plate behind <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah the cops came by and picked it up I'm like okay we'll go find the guy we have his address here yeah uh, if you want to hear more stories like this just kidding you're not going to hear yeah, more you're going to hear the same amount um, you can join our uh patreon group at patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast i'd like to welcome taylor dwyer for or thank taylor dwyer for supporting us at the ten dollar level which is the inner circle level which means i get to pull his address off of the internet and send him a little package full of nifty little swag things yeah, goodies and stuff i probably should hit him up because i've met taylor before and he might be one of the sizes of shirts that we have left he's a local boy he yeah. works over it's funny because his name is taylor and he works at taylor guitars yeah he's so, a repair guy and maybe I, i'm giving away more information than he wants probably. giving away oh uh, well i'm sorry you know, it's, it's one of those things where i talked to him at nam but i only knew him because of, of his nam badge but he's one of those guys that like i was like i know you yeah i'm just gonna talk to you like i know you <laughs> anyway, thanks Taylor for uh, supporting the show. And, and again, if you want to support the show, our goal this year is to get to 100 patrons on Patreon, and we are not really that close, but I, we're getting there. I, I wanted to mention that we lost. We we took a negative at the end of February. People had to you know use money to buy Valentine's Day chocolate for guess for their sweethearts. Engagement rings, Steve. They use that money for engagement rings. This romance. We yeah. should be happy for them. Um, I just wanted to mention what we use this money for. Uh, the Patreon money we use it to fund travel. Yeah, I'm planning on going to Summer Nam this year to cover the event and to cover uh you know various products that are there. Maybe to have just a good time hanging out with. Our some friends, sick bros, some sick bro hangs. Like maybe we'll all get hot chicken together, and I'll make some video of that or something like that. Uh, also, it funds equipment purchases for us. I have been really thinking about picking up that Rode uh, Procaster. Thing. Really, it keeps speaking to me. I opened up the Sweetwater catalog the other day, and it was the first page Dude. I landed on in the middle. Like it was page like four hundred sixty nine. My, my or wife like that. sent me a picture today. Apparently, I received two Sweetwater catalogs. <laughs> I realized <laughs> that I got an email from somebody else at Sweetwater who said like, Hey, I know, I, I know your engineer. 
And then I re- remembered when just right now thinking about that, that I have, t- I think I have two engineers assigned to me right now. <laughs> but anyways, uh, if I do pull the trigger on that, that roadcaster thing, yeah, it will give us the ability to let, you know, like maybe some celebrity guests call in. In the middle of the show, we'll have a little thing here, and we can press a button. And you mean like Kiefer Sutherland? We'll be talking to Kiefer Sutherland about guitar stuff. Maybe we can get Mark Marin on the show finally. I mean, he's been begging us, and we just don't have the technology to get him on the show. So when we have it, it'll be like, exactly. We have the technology, so we can record him. Patreon money supports endeavors like that, expanding the equipment that we have and the abilities that we have and, you know, fun things like travel and getting things like the 50, 50 pedal made and stuff like that. It's awesome. Being a Patreon is a huge benefit to the show. Yeah. So um, with that said, uh, this week's song is from Co Schneider from the flipping flippers podcast. I should make a note to uh, link them in the show notes. If you want to check out that show, it's cool. They kind of take some of the stuff that we talked about early on, which is flipping pedals and they go to the next level because uh, they're basically 60 cycle hum stuck in 2015. <laughs> Paul Pennington is uh, he flips beyond the realm of things that I know how to flip. Yeah. Uh, he got like some like microwave or something recently nice. for, for like $10 and turned around and sold it for like $300. It wasn't a microwave, but it was some like weird, like, well, I think it was like an, yeah, it was some kind of appliance that he like got dirt cheap and then flipped for like hundreds. Nice. Anyway, the song's from co who's the co the co-host. The only co-host. Yes. Uh, he says, here's a song I recently recorded and released for our patronizers. So don't support their show. You're going to hear the content right now. Yep. That's kind of mean. Uh, uh, around Sneaky. Halloween. It's a cover of a song by Chris Ledoux called The Passenger. I can't remember anything in particular about the single chain. Hope you enjoy. So go check out their show and enjoy this song. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. Stay grounded. Awesome things you see. A man beside the road, a 
stranger told him stories like I am here now about the wild times and all the sin. The car got cold and clammy, and this old man looked at me. Boy, I've come here for you. Your days of wicked sin have come to an end. As a mortal on this earth, boy, you are through. I read a fiery as he took the sentence off to reveal his evil horn shining black. My God, the fear came over me and my senses were all lost. I fought with him until we finally crashed. Next day the car was found at the bottom of a draw. Was found beside the way. His heart had been consumed by fire, but cowboy had no mark. Some smoking 